0: Welcome to Sermons from Bailey Road. You are about to hear a sermon given at Bailey Road Baptist Church. Bailey Road is a small Bible-believing church located in North Jackson, Ohio, and is pastored by Pastor Aaron Smith. We are dedicated to serving the Lord through our people and through our teaching. We hope you are enlightened by today's message, and again, welcome to Bailey Road Baptist Church. The Old Testament, in the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter number 3, is where we'll find ourselves tonight, Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. I could make a statement this evening that... uh, That could shock you if I want And I might. I, I'll just do it. How's that? Not everything in the Bible is true. How I many of you are shocked by that statement? It's a shocking statement, isn't it? Yes, it's a shocking statement, but didn't Satan lie to Eve? Wasn't a true statement, but it's in the Bible. Now, does that make sense now? Does that make better sense? Does that make better sense? Okay, see, sometimes we need to clarify statements, don't we? Amen. God allowed King Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes to speak from his heart. But in the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon speaks from his heart and speaks sometimes from his heart rather foolishly. Amen but it's in the Bible. And it does not mean that just because God allowed Solomon to write and to record and for us to keep his word that God necessarily agreed with Solomon's opinion. Amen? Hallelujah. But yet God saw fit to use Solomon in this wonderful book. And in chapter 3, we come to really another insightful passage from Solomon. As he says in verse number 1, to everything there is a season and a time... A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence, a time to speak, a time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, a time of peace. What profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he hath set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink, And enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God doeth it, that men should fear before him. That which hath been is now, that which is to be hath already been. God requireth that which is past. We'll stop there for sake of time this evening. As we've come to the book of Ecclesiastes, we saw in chapter 1, as Solomon said in verse 17, I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. I perceived that this also is vexation of spirit. We saw where seeing is not enough. Solomon said, I've seen everything. It wasn't enough. In chapter 2, he said, go to now, and I will prove with the mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. Behold, this also is vanity. And Yet in verse 17, he said, therefore, I hated life. We saw where enjoyment is not enough. Seeing is not enough. Enjoyment is not enough. And in chapter number 3, we're going to see where Solomon is going to begin to compare things in life. What we're going to find is that as he compares things, and as we will find in our own lives, that when we begin to compare the things of life, As we often do when we find ourselves unhappy in life. We will find ourselves empty. We play the compare game. So this evening we'll see when comparing is not enough. When comparing is not enough. Let's pray together and we'll begin this evening. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for your goodness to us. God, you have perfectly, masterfully, over time, preserved every word within the pages of your Bible. We know it to be true. Know it to be perfectly preserved for us. Thank you for that. God, we come to this portion from your servant Solomon, who at a time in his life was searching. Hurting, confused in all of his wisdom, and yet you chose to use him once again as a flawed man, yet you used him anyway. And Father, just as you used him in all of his flaws, And even at the height of his wisdom, at the height of his knowledge, he still fell short of you. And even as you used him, I know that you desire to use us tonight. We will but humble ourselves before your throne. God, it is still our prayer this evening that you would revive us. That we would see a revival in our lives personally. would humble ourselves before your throne, break us if it's necessary, mold us, heal us, use us. God, I pray tonight that the only thing that we would compare ourselves against is you, your word, the pages of it, the words of it the holiness of it. God, that we would see it. See you for who you are. See us for who we are. That we would deal with it directly, promptly, according to your word. Have your way during this time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Well, as I mentioned, Solomon here is about to play the compare game, a game that we often play in many aspects of our lives, in many aspects of our lives, either for the better or for the worse. We live and love to compare, don't we? We compare to try to make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Sometimes we even try to make ourselves feel worse. We can always find something to compare. If we're feeling sad and we want to feel sadder about ourselves, we'll find somebody that's better than us and compare. Social media is really good about that, isn't it? We just get on for a little while and compare our days. They had such a better day than I did. Oh, look, they got a new car. Oh, look, they got a new house. Their house is so much better than mine, so much cleaner, so much nicer. Their dog's so much bigger. They have so much more hair than I do. All kinds of things we compare, don't we? It's amazing how much we compare. We compare children. Wives compare husbands. Husbands compare wives. Employees compare bosses. Bosses compare employees. Pastors compare churches. Churches compare pastors. Grandparents compare grandchildren. Grandchildren compare grandparents. We play the compare game everywhere we go, don't we? You know, isn't it amazing when we play the compare game sometimes on how we balance out? You know, you know, hey, hey, listen. Compared to some people, I'm skinny. Now, look, that doesn't change the fact and make me skinny. But if I look hard enough and I compare long enough, I can be. Madam, if you know that doesn't change a thing about me, but yet we do it, don't we? We do it in our lives. And you want to know something? That is exactly what Solomon is doing here in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And if we find and compare long enough, just like Solomon, we will lose every time. Let me show you something here. Again, we read just a few moments ago in these first several verses here, probably some verses that if you are uh, to look in the book of Ecclesiastes, these first few verses, you are probably very familiar with. It's probably not the first time you've heard these. You've probably heard them before. It's a great lesson. There's a great truth that Solomon is teaching here In Ecclesiastes chapter number 3. In his comparison of time, Solomon is absolutely correct. To everything there is a season, he says, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. He says there's a time to be born. How many of you have been born? Anybody not born yet? Anybody not sure? Okay, just making sure you're paying attention. He says there's a time to be born. But then he says with the time to be born, there's a time to die. The Bible teaches us that it's appointed unto man once to die. You know, it's not something we like to talk about. It's not something we like to plan for. But it's coming. It's coming. It's something we try to avoid. Look, we're, we're, we're Christians in here. We know where we're going. If you know Jesus Christ is your savior, you've trusted in Jesus alone, you know that you will close your eyes in death and meet Jesus Christ and live for eternity in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. And part of me is ready to go. Because I know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But you know, part of me Over here, the fleshly part kind of wants to see some things happen here too. Does that make sense to everyone? None of my children have have been married yet. I'd kind of like to see that happen. I may not but I'd like the Lord to let me live long enough to see that happen. I'd like to meet and have grandchildren one day. It may never happen for me, but I'd like for it to happen. You know what I'm talking about? But listen, there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. Solomon is absolutely correct here. He's just given a dose of reality that we all have to be ready for. And by the way, death does not discriminate. It comes to every man, women and children. He goes on to say a time to plant. A time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill. says, so basically, there's time to eat. You've got to kill what you're going to eat. A time to heal. A time to break down. A time to build up. A time to weep. Hey, when's the last time you wept? I mean, really wept. When? Again. Not something we talk about, is it? Again, we have this first... Again, I don't know where this came from. I don't know where this thought came from, this philosophy came from, but somewhere in our culture, in our society, we, we perpetrated this idea that men don't cry. Does anybody know where that came from? Anybody? Men don't cry. I don't know where that came from. But you know what? I've cried. As a man, I've cried. Now, look, it stinks to cry. It's sometimes embarrassing to cry. No one cries cutely everyone knows that everybody everybody does everybody know what i mean what i mean when i say ugly cry <laughs> you know what i mean it's like that's an ugly cry right there you know sometimes we cry and it's just like you know i got a tear and you know there's there's been there's been times where you can cry and nobody really sees it you know i've cried like that but then there's been times where it's like it's like ugly cry you know, your face gets all distorted and you, you turn different colors and, you know, different things come out of different areas that things should not come out of in front of other people. And it's, it's ugly cry. You know what I'm talking about. He says there's a time for that. A time for that. That goes for men too. Yeah. A time for that. Then there's a time to laugh. Hey, can I just say some of you need to loosen up? You need to laugh more. A time to laugh. I try to be humorous. My family tells me I'm not. But I try anyway. When they say, real funny, Dad, I say, I know. And they say where they weren't telling the truth. A time to laugh. But you know what? There's also a time to mourn. You know, the time to laugh is not when it's a time to mourn. They're not the same time. There's a time to be serious, a time to mourn. We're still in a Baptist church, right? Are we still in a Baptist church? So I'm going to skip this next part. A time to cast away stones. No, I'm not going to skip this next part. There's a time to dance. You're just not going to talk about that so much in a Baptist church. A time to dance. We don't talk about that too much, but it's appropriate dancing, right? So what is appropriate dancing? I don't know. I haven't seen it too much, uh, but, uh, but Solomon said there's a time to dance. Amen. I told you there's a time to laugh. It's OK. I told you humor is OK. Some of you are just way too serious. Either that right? I did not wear my glasses tonight, so I can't see all of your faces, which makes me a little nervous. Um, on that but a time to dance a time to cast away stones but also a time to gather stones this one's interesting to me a time to embrace time to to hug he's talking about but then he says a time to refrain from embracing it's not always a time to hug Sometimes it's time to stop. It's not appropriate. A time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing. And look in verse 6 a time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep, and a time to cast away. How many do spring cleaning? Get rid of stuff. There's a time for that, a time to rend, a time to sow. I don't like this part. Maybe we should skip this one too. Time to keep silence. I don't do well at that one, but there's a time for it. But There's a time to speak. You know, there are times in the the time to keep silence, I, I don't always know what to say. I know that might find you shocked. Seems like I always have something to say. But you know, sometimes it's good to just be present without anything to say. But a time to be silent and a time to speak. He says a time of love and a time of hate. Time to hate. A time of war, a time of peace. He's comparing the comparison of time. In summary, he summarized it in verse number 1 by saying to everything there is a season, a time Every purpose under the heaven. A time for everything, he says. But then in verse number 9, he puts it all together and questions it by saying, what profit hath he that worketh in that wherein he laboreth? So he says, all this about time, all that is in time, the comparison of time, says, what profit hath he that worketh and wear any labor? And all that time has to offer, and all that you do with the time that you have, what profit hath he that worketh in that where any labor? So he goes from this comparison of time right into this comparison of labor. He says, you work. You work. And he says in verse 10, I I have seen the travail which God hath given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. In time, in work, in labor. He says, he hath made everything beautiful in his time. In the six days that he worked, he made everything beautiful. Also, he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God maketh from the beginning to the end. Basically to say, no man can figure God out. And he says this in verse 12. He says, I know, I know that there is no good in them but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all of his labor, the labor. It's the gift of God. I know that. Whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. God doeth it, that men should fear before Him. That which hath been now, or is now, and that which hath already been, God requireth that which is past. So, he begins to compare Labor, the labor of God, with the labor of man. Now look, you know, and I know that if we're going to compare, and I told you, remember, when we're comparing things, there's always going to be a winner, and there's always going to be a loser. Always. Uh, Again, uh, we could have a contest here tonight. We could have all kinds of contests. We could, at the conclusion, we could say, all right, we're going, to, uh, we're going to go to the FMC and we're going to run relay races. Anybody up for that? No one? Who's up for that? Anyone at all? Rachel's up for that. Anyone else? Asher? Just my family. Alright, Ella's in. Ella's 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 like, okay, I see my competition. I'm in. Uh, anyone else? William, are you in? You want to run? William's in. Alright, Miss Emily, you in? No way. She says, like, I'm not running anywhere. Trevor? No? No, you can run against Marty. No. He still says no. No? Marty, you can run against Emily. She'd probably beat me. See, we're comparing already. Look, there's always going to be a winner and a loser. Doesn't matter at what. Solomon is comparing the labor of God with the labor of men. It's futile. Doesn't make much sense. And he says, oh yeah, rejoice in it. He says, enjoy the good of all of his labor. It's the gift of God. But at the end of the day, he said, God's going to require that which is past. In verse number 16, he says, Moreover, I saw under the sun the place of judgment. That wickedness was there. The place of righteousness. That iniquity was there. I said in mine heart, God shall judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time And there for every purpose and for every work. And look what he says in verse 18. Look at this. He said, I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God might manifest them that they might see themselves are beasts. So he compares the comparison of time, the comparison of labor, and then we see, thirdly, the comparison of the beast. At the end of this, he says, men are simply beasts. Let me ask you something. Do you know yourself to be a little bit more than a beast? He said, I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God might manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts even the one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that, as, or so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity you get this? He says, "Beast have breath. Man has breath. there's no difference. Do you see how far Solomon has come in his comparison? He says to everything, there's a season." We're no different than the animals. We're no different than the beast of the field. We're all one breath, for all is vanity, all is empty. Look what he says in verse 20. All go unto one place. All. Who's he talking about? He's talking about man. He's talking about beast. He said, all go unto one place. All are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? He asks a question. The comparison of the beast. You see, Solomon's playing this comparison game. He's comparing all of these things in search of something. I ask you tonight, what are you searching? In all of your life, what are you searching? You may be at a point in your life that you've already searched. I ask, what have you found? What conclusion have you come to in the search of your life? Solomon was searching. He saw everything wasn't enough. He tried to enjoy his way through life. And he ended up hating his life. Comparing one thing with another. All the way to the point where he said I'm no different than the animal. What's the conclusion here? He said in verse 22, "Wherefore?" I perceive. Wherefore I perceive. That is to say, I suppose, I think, I guess. What he says. Wherefore I perceive that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his own works. for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? That was Solomon's conclusion up to chapter 3. He said, basically, you're never going to do any better than what you've already done, so enjoy it while you can. here's my life, enjoy it. This is it. Because you're not going to enjoy it after. This is your portion. These are your works. Rejoice in it. That, listen to me, this, verse 22, is what the compare game will get you. May I tell you, the compare game is emptiness. The compare game is what is vanity and vexation of spirit. That is not the Christian life. Christian life is not about the compare game. The Christian life is about the follow. Following of the Lord. in obedience to him. It's not about the comparing. It's not about comparing myself to Trevor or myself to Marty or myself to Brother Larry. It's not about comparing myself to anything. If anything, comparing myself to the Lord Jesus Christ and knowing that I fall short every time, and that is why I needed his blood to cover my sin. It's the only comparison that I have. And every time I come to the conclusion that I need Jesus Christ. Every time. ever so thankful that I have him, because I need him. It's the only comparison that I have is myself to Jesus, and I fall short every time, and that's why I need him in my life. Every other comparison is not even needed. When comparing is not enough, wasn't enough for Solomon, I can tell you that. Solomon was a confused man at this point of his life. Thankfully, thankfully, Ecclesiastes does not end in chapter 3. Amen. Chapter 3 is not the conclusion of the whole matter. Amen. I will tell you, Solomon does begin to figure some things out. But here, He's just simply comparing, because he's confused. And you probably know what it's like to be confused, just as Solomon was. We'll pick up in chapter 4 next week. We won't have a musical invitation tonight, but I just want to close by saying, stop comparing. Stop comparing your life. It will never, ever be enough. Amen? Amen. Let's stand, and we'll be dismissed with a word of prayer tonight.